Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice weekly, at least sometimes, podcast that is about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live, at least sometimes. This is a Monday recap edition to the show, and joining me to talk about the latest week of TBTL in the Fuck You Pay Me studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary H. Baum, Livingston Butler. Good morning, Hillary. Good morning, Bobby. I like that. More on that in a minute. Yes. In the Stick of Butter studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan to chase down an unexplained giant plume of steam somewhere on her campus studios. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Bobby. And how are you this morning? <laughs> We're forcing uh, Anne to record. <laughs> I am exhausted, but uh, I'm not holding a candle to, to what you're going through, Anne. I said, guys, please, I can't. There's just no way I can. And they said, that's too damn bad. Sorry. Your name was on the run sheet. You are recording. <laughs> it's written in stone. You have to record. Uh, is there any chance that this has something to do with the fact that it's been negative 380 degrees in the <laughs> Twin Cities for like the last two weeks? I don't think so. I think because I had a scratchy throat for a, a few days and I convinced myself that it was just because it was so dry because of the polar vortex. But I think it's been I was fighting it for a while. And then when the entire state basically closed down on Wednesday and I was at home. I think my body was like, oh, time to relax and get sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they always say, like, people, when they go on vacation, mm-hmm. especially if they're kind of stressed or whatever, and then as soon as they go on vacation, they get sick because their body's like, yay, I'm chill. I'm not keeping it together anymore. And it's mm-hmm. like, and here you go. In college, it was always the day after I finished exams and also yeah. the day after yeah. I had, a, like, a big concert. I would always get sick. Uh, Speaking of the day after a big concert, I just got through a six-day hell tech week and concert, and I'm still riding my adrenaline uh, because my my real schedule ended at about 2 a.m. when I got in back to my hotel room last night after drinks with people after the concert. And so I haven't actually crashed yet. Mm. Uh, It's only a matter of time. God, LRBs like slave drivers were like making people who like <laughs> sick people, people work until like three in the morning. I mean, listen, I went to bed at 1030 last night. It was very relaxing. I'm ready to go. So <laughs> otherwise, though, we're, we're making people work that probably shouldn't. Uh, I would call the show today LRB is slave drivers, but I don't think out of context it would look <laughs> a little... Uh, actually, here's a here's an aside that I didn't put on the run sheet, and I'll be really quick about it. But um, last night, so we had a concert last night. We we do a lot of our concerts at a performance center at Boston University, uh, and the house ushers are um, college students who are like work study students, and they're they're perfectly nice, a little dopey sometimes. They don't really know a lot about anything, but you know they're they're nineteen, twenty years old. They're there, and they are very much sort of the aspiring. Um, theater students, so they're very PC. They're very, um, they're very polite and fun and nerdy, but they're also just very um, sensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and last night's concert we did was a concert of protest music, and it included an incredibly over the top sardonic piece about the uh, 
the greatness of the USA Patriot Act. It was actually essentially a sales pitch uh, public service announcement about how to call in suspected terrorists to win prizes. Uh, this is the piece where the musicians get arrested one after another for protesting through music. It's very blunt, but it's a very good piece. <laughs> Uh, and I mentioned, I was, I was telling some people about this piece, and I mentioned there's a list of celebrities at one point where the narrator says, don't bother calling in about these these people. Um, they've already been detained. And it's a list of people who have generically ethnic-sounding names. Uh, but some of them had to come off the list because the piece was written in 2004, and they had since died. So we replaced some of them. I'm very proud to say that I helped get both Tony Shalhoub and DJ Khaled <laughs> on the list. <laughs> Oh, who uh, would want and so to arrest I, Tony Shalhoub? He's a treasure. Well, I don't know. He sounds a little, you know. And that was part of the joke. Like, some of the people that were on this list weren't even really, um, they weren't even, like, from other countries. They just have names that sound a little a mm-hmm. little off, you know, compared to the average American white name. And so I said something about um, how, essentially, it was just a list of brown people names. And and I really, you know, that was the point. It's so broad that it's not even just like Middle Eastern or like it's just not white names. And so I said that and I think the ushers sort of half heard the conversations and one of the managers came over to me and said, hey, just a heads up. Um, you I, Apparently you said something about brown people names and it was a huge bummer to all the ushers and they're very <laughs> uncomfortable right now. And I, I looked at him and I was like, I'm so sorry. There's a lot of context here. This isn't my high school yearbook picture. I wasn't. I'm not the governor of Virginia. This was actually in context oh, of a conversation. So I didn't have any, I, I, I didn't have to. I went over to these ushers and I explained the situation without trying to sound like I was getting out of sounding racist. And then I just said, I'm very sorry for saying something that um, I realized out of context sounded significantly worse than I meant it to. That's not the way I normally talk. But it was just one of those moments where like, wow, it's amazing how you can be misheard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I am not a racist. I really just came on the show today to say that. <laughs> now that that's done, we're going to do a little LRB business, followed by your weekend review, some housekeeping, and how you can get involved with the show. And uh, Hillary, you should take the business because you're at the top of the list. I, I, um, yes, I got a new job. Yay! Yay. I'm like, Yay. insert, like, clapping. Yay! Uh, you know, I, I kind of... It, whatever it's not it hasn't started yet so i and i work in commercial real estate so it's not like super thrilling but uh it's exciting and i get paid more money which is like i was sort of acted like a dude and i was like you know what it's more money and then they wouldn't match at my old job so bye um but the funniest part was the recruiter from my new company called me which by the way I used to work at that old company. That my new company is my old company. <laughs> I worked there for seven years, so I'm kind of like, okay, like you know who I am. I'm a, like a known quantity. Nothing really has happened in the intervening years. But the recruiter called me to say, I just want to make sure you got the offer, and you know, and I said, oh yeah, I've got the offer. Um, I'm giving my my company that I currently work at until one to match it. I knew they weren't going to, but I was just extending the courtesy to. You know, because I do have friends there and I don't want to be rude. So I'll sign it by like one or two. So just don't worry about it. And she was like, she was such an HR lady. She said, well, I wish you hadn't told them yet. And I was like, well, I'm starting work on the 20th. So I need to give them a little bit of time and leeway to find somebody to replace me. And she said, what if you don't pass your background check? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, 
um, I think it's going to be okay. And I'm like kind of saying like, it's going to be okay. But then I was thinking she probably hears that all the time. Like every time, oh no, nothing's going to turn up, but I promise you nothing's going to, <laughs> unless I like hallucinated and got arrested one time. Um, or maybe like my dealings with Mike will like Ooh. make it so <laughs> that I, <laughs> Uh-oh. shit. Oh no. Um, yeah, so maybe I shouldn't talk about it too soon. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's really exciting. It's, it's a good, cool new position. I'm working actually with people I used to work with, but it's a little bit of an upgraded position and upgraded money. So it's all good. Excellent. Um, yay. Um, yeah, it's, I am not good at telling people I'm leaving a position. So I like definitely cried on Friday. Um, cause I felt bad, but everybody's actually, everybody's been really, really, really cool about it. So we'll see, we'll see what the future brings. Um, the only other business I see really, uh, uh, non throw your phone business is the jam tracker. We got a new, uh, we got some, a little donation from one Miss Lauren Costelli. So yay. Um, and her note said for continued use of fine TM, which I liberally pepper into conversations exactly as such, though sometimes with a leading spoken hash spoken hashtag, i.e. hashtag fine TM. <laughs> Many thanks to Hillary for sharing the rights. Of course. I mean, honestly, anybody can use it. I mean, I might bill you back, but um anybody can use it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's so awesome, Lauren. Thank you so much. Thank you, um, Lauren. That's really, really great. I, you know, listen, I might not get a job, so I might need to get out of a jam. You, you might be helping us out. Um, all right. So, um, the, I guess we're going to move on to the throw your phones, uh, the sort of generic, the general ones. They're not generic. Nothing's generic, but the general ones. Um, the main one we got was, uh, from listener Bob. Um, it is pretty long um essentially like i'm not gonna read the whole thing but essentially what he is saying is that Anne is always right uh he's agreeing with Anne on the word (laughs) the use of the word curate which i fully agree curate has become uh and like marinate i feel like i used to really like to use that in a non-food usage word but i feel like i've i've heard it a lot lately uh, people think that they sound very smart. Um, and then the bottom of uh, the last line of Bob's email was, this rant is brought to you by Grumpy Old Men TM Inc. <laughs> that was basically the synopsis of it. Um, is, is there uh, an age requirement to be um, uh, Bobby, like you're employed? there. You're there. You're there. I mean... <laughs> I'm going to send Bob my resume. <laughs> More than anything, I think it's a state of mind. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, Look out, and- clouds. <laughs> coming for coming you. Coming for you. Uh, that's basically all the business, except, um, and I might sound like a fool by the time y'all are listening to this. Hopefully not. Go Pats! That's my only. <laughs> that was a bold Sorry. move you just Bobby- took. <laughs> I know. I'm going to totally, everybody's going to be messaging me tomorrow. Mike's going to be they're going to lose, you know, dramatically or something. <laughs> well, here, anyway. just to keep the podcast timely, uh we'll do this. Uh con- congratulations to the New England fucking Patriots for winning last night's Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. Okay, sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that's all the business. Um, and why don't you get us started with our Monday review? All right. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> Monday, number 2824. More than a movie, more than a movie to me. I'd really like to be able to sing that for you guys, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, dang it. <sighs> um, they start out with movie talk. Uh, there is a throw your phone right off the bat that I thought I would just get out of the way from Scott, who says, Jesus, tap dancing Christ. Can't they occasionally try to watch the same movie over the weekend to create non-navel gazing hashtag content? <laughs> Such a good point, Scott. But Luke says really that is. the favorite is really good. Um, Hillary, you it like is. the favorite, right? I really like The Favorite. I have a friend who, before I saw it, she was like, that's the worst movie I've ever seen. I almost walked out. I can't believe I sat through that movie. I loved it. I thought it was great. It's really, like, feminist in a weird way. It's it's not... I mean, yes, it is a period piece, but it's really weird. It's really weird. And don't, like, go see it with your mom because you think it's going to be, like, Pride and Prejudice or something. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, like finger banging to say uh, between women and that and I would be very uncomfortable if I saw it with a parrot <laughs> um, so don't see it um, with a somebody you would feel uncomfortable seeing sex scenes with uh, but I thought it was really good and I thought it was funny I don't I really liked it yeah I heard a lot of good things and a lot of bad things about it, it sounds like it was a pretty polarizing movie but it's nominated yes. for the Oscar right so yeah yeah it's nominated for a lot although I Whatever. This is this is not an Oscars podcast. There's some category fraud because honestly, Rachel Weiss is the lead, but she's in support. Oh, so sure, sure. Hmm. Well, then Luke was still in a mood to see more movie, so he decided to go um, by himself, not to the art theater in Bellingham, but to the main I don't know AMC or Regal or whatever, and he went to see Spider Man into the Spider Verse, and he doesn't usually go for animated movies and he doesn't usually go for superhero movies so that's two strikes against it but he <laughs> loved it and he said it's incredible visual art it was so good um throw your phone number two um from Mackenzie, which made me laugh out loud yesterday morning is Mackenzie says dr octagon terrorizing new york city with the power of shapes and that's because Luke repeatedly referred to the villain Dr. Octopus <laughs> as Dr. Octagon. <laughs> it's very much like a Sesame Street twist on a supervillain. <laughs> um, he says that all superhero movies should be animated because they're so cartoony in their nature. Uh, this gets to, you know, one of Mike's long-standing problems with superhero movies is that there are no consequences, you know, that you punch somebody back into a building and there's a giant explosion and nobody's hurt. And so, so maybe, I don't know. People can watch what they want to watch, I guess. Um, Andrew wants to see the Spider-Man movie, but Genevieve had already categorized it as we don't need to see it because we don't have kids. Uh, so he's going to try I mean, and reverse her opinion. 
from all I've heard, I have not seen it because I don't really care for superhero stuff. Dave went to go see it because Rory really wanted to go see it. And he was like, well, I'm just going to go uh, like preview it, basically. And he was like, that is not for a four-year-old. Like, that doesn't really work. And honestly, I get what they're saying, but I saw Finding Nemo before I had kids. And I was like, this is a great movie. Sure. Uh, and I was an adult when I saw it. So I... I, I get what you're saying that there that what he's saying that is that there's a like grouping of movies that are good for parents and kids, but that, that those two things have to be together in order. But I really don't think that's true. Like I think Toy Story is great. I think Toy Story Two is great. I cry in it, um, and all of these I saw before I had kids. And anyway, Dave said that the Spider Verse was excellent and not necessarily for kids. I mean, I think it's necessarily for people who want to see you know, a little bit of a superhero movie, which is, it's weird that she's kind of denying it. Cause I feel like they all, they go and see all of those movies. Like they already have that entry into seeing the big blockbuster movies. So I don't know. I think it's kind of strange and I don't really think it's a kid's movie. No, anyway, but there's, still, I don't know. I haven't seen it. So there's still kind of that stigma that animation yeah. equals kids. Yeah. So for sure. Um, Genevieve is definitely driving the bus on the superhero stuff, but if she's not interested in quote cartoons, then there's not a lot that yeah. Andrew can do about that. So speaking yeah. of the, of Andrew, the movie that he watched that Luke did not watch was the, <laughs> I think it was the Netflix fire festival documentary. Although there is some confusion about that. Luke hasn't seen either, but he keeps talking about, which the is honestly one? surprising. Right. Yeah. Luke is referencing what I think is the Hulu one, and Andrew is referencing what I think is the Netflix one, which is the one that I watched. Um, so it's all a little bit like cross purposes. Um, and here, I think I can help untangle this. I also watched the Netflix one. When you watched the Netflix one, did you have this deep burning urge to just just pop everyone in the face? Um, yeah. Like everyone involved yeah. with the project. <laughs> yeah, I think we watched the same the same one then because, yeah. <laughs> I sort of grudgingly had some respect for the yoga guy at the end because he did throw oh. up a bunch of flags along the way. But, I mean, he also was a yoga guy slash right. <laughs> concert producer slash whatever else he was. So um, he stuck with it through the whole thing. I think I would have been out of there. Um, Andrew did not see the appeal of Billy McFarland as this sort of charismatic master salesman that he was characterized as um, about, you know, how he could sell ice to Eskimos or whatever. And it was his force of personality that was bringing in the funds and driving the thing. Well, of course, we found out it was a giant Ponzi scheme. It wasn't really actually bringing in the funds. Um. There was a really good discussion. I see your note on this too, Hillary, on one of our mutually yes. favorite podcasts, Keep It, mm -hmm. which is discussion of yep. that's like the intersection of pop culture and politics. It's so great. And they talked about this in detail. <laughs> one of the things they said was they looked at Billy McFarlane and all they could see was the Coke bloat. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. From the massive uh, yeah. amounts of cocaine he, he did. <laughs> Yeah, that I couldn't figure it out either because he was just sort of this big, doughy, frat-looking guy, and his eyes were sort of weirdly crossed all the time. I couldn't see him as a master fundraiser. 
Um, Luke says he has no sympathy for all of the rich millennials that wanted to attend Fire Festival. Well, I agree with him there. Um, it's just people who are so desperate to be cool and be in that they'll yeah. do that sort of thing. Like people who have no individuality and no originality and they're just going with the crowd and trying to be exclusive, which I think maybe cuts a little closer to home for Luke because he yeah. was desperate for a long time and still is in some ways to be part of the cool crowd. Um, I also put a note here that could we just put the word influencer on some sort of list. It doesn't have to be Mike's porn word list, but some list that we don't use. Put it on the same list as curate because influencer is a bullshit word that somebody made up to make themselves sound cool. And it's so dumb. And to make a position mm -hmm. uh, and get paid a lot of money for something that you're like not actually doing anything. Hang on, I'm, I'm going to tweet about this right now and see if I can get my tens of followers to get on board. <laughs> You're such We're an influencer in the LRB world, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you pronounce it like influence her, you might be able to get Mike to put it on his God. list. <laughs> God. That sounds like... <laughs> it's the, it's the mm, implication. Not great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have some friends that I have worked with that are, you know, more in the millennial category. I am just outside of it. And I think you and I are like in this weird limbo land. Cause mm -hmm. we're not really like gen X necessarily, but we're also not millennials at all. I'm, I feel closer to gen Xers than I do uh, yeah. millennials. I think as far as like attitude goes, but I was talking to somebody about like getting married or whatever. And I, I was like, you know, my, I got married in 2007 it was pretty low key. I mean, Facebook existed at the time, but it was like, it was one of those you post, you have to like go to your computer and post it. Nobody had an iPhone or anything. So it wasn't like there was not an automatic uh, knowing exactly what's happening at all times. And she was telling me about weddings today. And it's like, everything is branded. Everything is for the, is for the gram. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is so exhausting to me. I, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I like, social media fine and I am not I like to post on it and whatever I like attention so I like it but th the constant performative nature of it is exhausting because the reality is not really there when you go to these events that you think are supposed to be like amazing and then you go and it's like fine but everybody's just on their phone sure um I, I just I could not that is how I know I'm not a millennial that and that I don't I prefer to stay in a hotel as opposed to an Airbnb <laughs> those are my like two of the ways that I know I'm not a millennial because I don't need you to see how completely awesome whatever I'm doing is and it it just sounds like not worth it agreed um I have a note here that they need to stop talking over James Taylor especially when the it's song true. is fire and rain James Taylor is not lame, stupid. It may be dad music, but your dads were all young and cool once, and James Taylor was too. Um, that song is awesome. So if you're going to play it, listen to it on the show, please. It's really good. I agree. And this takes him to the idea of can you love single songs or do you have to have the album in order to have cred? <sighs> 
I, I mean, this is so stupid, right? <laughs> like somehow you can't legitimately like a song or be into a song unless you have the entire context of the albums. Albums are entirely single songs at this point. That's how everything is designed to be re- released. It's not the wall anymore. Damn. Yeah. You dumb dumps. Okay. Top story. Howard Schultz may run for president. Uh, Luke takes this as an opportunity to retell the story of when he ran into Howard outside of the rich Starbucks, which was, that was the one that Christy took us to on our singles tour. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And instead of giving him the business over his decision to sell the Sonics to LA, you know, that speech or not LA, um, Oklahoma city. Oklahoma. Uh, There you go. See, I got there. I'm sick. Um, also a sports question. It's, it's not to say you're not knowledgeable about sports. It's just that you don't give a shit about exactly. sports. That he, right. he sold the Sonics to somewhere else. I don't care. Um, instead of giving him the carefully rehearsed speech that he'd spent so much time uh, working up, uh, Luke just exchanged pleasantries with him because he wanted to, quote unquote, pass as rich. <laughs> Luke, gross. I mean, I think both of those options are terrible. I don't think it's appropriate to berate Howard Stern or Howard Stern. Oh my God, this is going to be a long show. <laughs> Howard Schultz in public. You just... need to stop and apologize to Phyllis Fletcher. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, I don't think it's appropriate to berate Howard Stern in public either. Um, let's not berate anybody. In public, it's it's not like he hasn't heard any of this before. He doesn't care. Yeah. Um. And Luke mentions that his cup said Howard, and Andrew says, "Do they do they recognize him at Starbucks? Of course they do, Andrew. Especially <laughs> at that Starbucks, at the Starbucks that he goes to, you know they have his picture hung up in the back room with like a big arrow that says Howard, do not fuck up this order. It is extremely the- important." Oh He's the only person whose name is spelled right every time. Right. <laughs> um, Luke says that he'll never support him uh, for president be- just because of the Sonics. And there are a lot of other people that feel the same way in Seattle. Um, what Luke fails to understand here is that Howard Schultz is potentially running as an independent. He did not bring this up yeah. anywhere. I don't think he knows that. And so... Outside of the Seattle basketball fans, what this means is that he acts as a spoiler for the eventual Democratic nominee because all he's going to do is siphon off votes from the Democrat. He has no chance as an independent of winning the presidency. So what he is doing if he runs as an independent is helping to ensure that Donald Trump gets reelected. And that's why. What's up, Jill Stein? What you doing? (laughs) Yeah, when you look at the numbers, the margin uh, uh, of votes oh that God. Jill Stein got in places like Michigan and Ohio and how much yep. Trump won by, it's absolutely mm-hmm. a real possibility that Howard yep. Schultz could ensure that Donald Trump gets reelected if he does this. And he thinks that his money is um, allows him to do an end run around the process and he doesn't have to win the nomination. So that's why people are mad at him, Luke, not because. And honestly, the only time I'm ever going to say that Donald Trump was smart was that he ran as a Republican and not as an independent because you get the power, the backing of the party, you get a platform, you get money uh, and you're not, you know, running as, as like a wackadoo on the side, which I mean, he is, but 
but also it seems more legitimate than a Ralph Nader or Jill Stein or whatever. Right. Right. And he has espoused nothing but typical Democratic positions other than the fact that he thinks we should cut entitlements and not tax rich people. So <laughs> I don't know what he thinks he's doing, um, but he needs to stop it pretty soon. Trump wants nothing more than for Howard Schultz to run for president. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. this is a mess. Uh, Luke wants to know if sometime in the future, if he actually gets the chance, if he interacts with Howard at some charity event or whatever, if he should uncork that, that rant and Andrew, thank God injects some common sense into this. And it's like, at this point, it's not going to change anything. I mean, some random guy coming up and yelling at Howard, it's, is it going to make you feel better that you don't have the Sonics anymore? No, it's not. So you might as well not. Uh, they make a token attempt to talk about this porta potty story, where in the DC area, porta potties have now got speed cameras hidden behind them in order to catch speeders. And Andrew says, if your goal is to encourage safe driving behavior, uh, then then don't hide the cameras. You got to let people know that they're being seen. I don't know. Maybe if they get enough tickets, that'll encourage them to slow yeah, down. But I don't know. Um, but Luke says the goal is to actually make money, really, not to get people to slow down. So I think all of care. these things are true. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. But my favorite thing is that Luke always mentions something about like a school zone, and I'm like, dude, you can't mention a school zone as being like a money grab. I mean, maybe it is, but like. I'm sorry. Like a school zone is you get, bu- and it's only for a few hours. Like just pay attention when you're in the school zone. Like, right. This is not a like negotiable area of, the, of like getting out of a ticket. You need it, to just like suck it up. Yeah. It's not like it's a surprise. Like one day all of a sudden there's a school there and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Listen, if they're going to make their money doing traffic, video tickets versus doing that search and forfeiture bullshit that they do in some police departments where they just take people's stuff when they stop them and never give it back, then I am absolutely fine with them doing speed trap tickets. Um, Sort of on the same vein, Andrew says that he got a safe driver monitor from Progressive so that he can get lower rates. That's one of those things that you have look for six months and it tracks your driving patterns, skills, practices, and then tells you if you're a good driver or if you need, you know, needs improvement. But the problem is that it beeps whenever he stops short, i.e. to avoid like hitting someone in traffic. It's like, whoa, don't stop so fast, buddy. Um like sudden deceleration equals risky driving and he's worried that his premiums are going to increase and not decrease at the end of this. They will. Uh, I think just from our chat, there is good anecdotal evidence that your premiums may in fact increase. And this is just a big yeah. scam from the insurance yeah. companies to charge you yeah. more money. Mm-hmm. This is when I'm really happy. I'm married to Dave because I think I, I think I'm a really good driver. So I'm like, yeah, let's get it. I want to show what a good driver I am so I can maximize. And he was like, no, absolutely not. They're just going to, ra- they just want to see how, what a bad driver you are and like how, you know, how much they can raise your rates. I, you know, I love flow as much as the next person, but that's not, that shouldn't fly. And I'm surprised that Andrew actually 
bought into it because I feel like he's usually a little bit more suspicious. I did too, but you just said the magic word. You said yeah. flow. You know <laughs> he has a thing for her. He, loves, he, he legit has a thing yeah. for flow from yeah, progressive. Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> so true. Um, in emails for the day, there's one from Hannah. Um, who is talking about left-handedness. They had some conversation about that last week or the week before, that she's left-handed and people regularly tell her that it's a sign that she's a demon or from the devil. And I'm like... It's wild. Seriously? People still do that? I understand it in the Canterbury Tales. That's from the 15th (laughs) century. But nobody actually believes that. Except maybe some weird fundamentalist Christians. I don't know. People are. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and mention that people say this to me all the time as a left-handed really? person, and most of them are really? not Chaucer scholars. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. That yeah. I mean, I knew that they like my father-in-law is a lefty is a lefty, and I know that he. Uh, I don't know if people said he was like a demon or anything, but more just that they, he was really forced to try to use his right hand and like they did not make accommodations for him at all. Sure. But he's also in his like late sixties. Uh, but that's crazy that you're in your thirties and this is still happening. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's always like, I'll just be uh, in a work situation or out signing a check at the end of the night somewhere or whatever. And somebody will just look over and be like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, it's, you're left-handed and it goes one of two ways it's always either oh wow sorry about that about you left-handed and they'll make some stupid joke or it'll be somebody who's left-handed and they'll be like oh yeah you and me were in the club uh you know because they also say left-handed people are smarter or beautiful or better at sex making like whatever you want it to be (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like uh or i just do the same thing that that person does but in a mirror i don't know what to tell you (laughs) Sure. I mean, the only kind of legitimate thing that I could think of is that when you write left-handed, don't you, like, potentially smudge the ink because your arm is over what you've just written? I write with mechanical pencil a lot. So, yes, my left hand tends to have pencil all over it. Yeah, but, I mean, other than that, there's no practical. Maybe it's also the same thing about when they say, like, redheads are evil. That was in the Canterbury Tales, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God, well, gingers have no souls. That that is. Oh, that's documented. that's a true thing. Okay, <laughs> it's good. I'm glad we're sorting fact from fiction here. <laughs> yeah, happy to help. Um, the other email today is a return from John in Little Rock, who's extremely entertaining on the subject of taking pictures of cars. This goes back to Andrew taking the picture uh, of the car in the Whole Foods parking lot. Uh, where one time this guy accused John of taking photographs so that he could give them to a gang so they could decide if they wanted <laughs> to steal the car or not. But he's a weed expert, so all he was doing was photographing weeds around the car. <laughs> um, Luke insists that he wouldn't get upset if people were taking pictures oh. of him or his car. Oh, that's where <laughs> Amy's Throw Your Phone came from. I wasn't sure exactly what that was referring to. Let me just um, pull that up super quickly. Uh, Amy said he got a note calling him a Dombass and made content for three months about it. I mean, 
That is an I'm so sure. I am so uh-huh. sure. He would be so mad. Yep. Again, he, like he has pockets of self-awareness. And even this week he did show like where he kind of understands himself. But in that case, I'm like, are you kidding, man? No. We all know how you would react. Yep. Yep. Uh, his therapist says that he should try for bemused curiosity instead of anger when <laughs> confronting people. And again, he thinks he would not be mad if he was caught red-handed committing a parking violation, which we all know to be completely untrue. And uh, then he says something sensible uh, that as a person who is a bad actor, he would not understand or be ashamed by Andrew's passive aggressive non-confrontation methods, which is what I said. You know, Andrew's stupid. It's such a polite car. That is not going to get through to anybody. Your sick burn did not work because the other person is (laughs) never going to realize it was a burn. And then finally, at the very end of the show, I was not going to mention this, but we did get to throw your phone about it. Luke makes a reference. This has been multiple times to the maddening crowd, (laughs) which is actually a novel by Thomas Hardy. I think that is the madding crowd, not the maddening crowd. Luke is making an incorrect (laughs) literary reference. We know he hasn't read it. He just heard the title. Um, we got the throw your phone. It sounded cool. Yep, we got the throw your phone from Stabmaster Arson, our buddy Stabmaster <laughs> Arson, who is in Vegas for the Super Bowl. So he is forced to <laughs> sending us throw your phones with his opinions. Um, I didn't. Was his email always Stabmaster Arson four twenty at hotmail dot com? I don't remember. <laughs> um, but Stabmaster Arson says every time Luke says, "quote the maddening crowd," unquote, a library burns down. <laughs> and that was a great end to Monday. Um, all right, Tuesday, twenty eight, twenty five, pipe dreams. Um, okay, Luke is back uh talking about pickup games. Oh god. Of course, you know, like a weekend he has like some beef with somebody there. Um so I, so he learned that like apparently you're uh, allowed to foul when you're uh, 73. And then Luke kind of beef with the guy. The guy didn't like Luke's commentary. Luke told him to wake up, which is again, like these guys are not doing cool burns. Like they're because <laughs> the guy was like, he looked tired. So I said, wake up. And the guy told Luke to shut up. He's only been there like four times, <laughs> which I thought actually was funny. And that that would make me be so embarrassed because, you know, you think you're like, I'm in. Like, I've been here a couple of times. And they're like, we know that you haven't been here that much. So I talk lots of pickup baseball talk, baseball, basketball talk. Uh I, Actually, Andrew asks, like, how do you get on the team? You know, how do you do this? I always think pickup uh, basketball is so interesting because it's just sort of like an unspoken agreement that you're on this. It's not like when I sign up my kids for why basketball where it has to, you have to go through like a thorough review. You just kind of go and get on it. But, uh, I mean, I think it's cool that he's doing it. I know a lot of guys, like, really enjoy this kind of camaraderie. But, uh, but of course, he's going to fuck it up somehow um (laughs) uh they move on to talking about um luke's doesn't have email access (laughs) and he's been duking it out with GoDaddy, which i don't even think he has i think that it means that he just like hasn't been dealing with it but andrew has access to email this obviously like it's going to be answered on later on in the week um 
There's just so many things wrong with it. I mean, Luke addresses it. It's like, this is the only job he has is dealing with, uh, like, music for your weekend. And he the, he can't even really do that. And I just, you know, they're they're off Facebook. Again, they talk about this later in the week. They're off Facebook. They're, you know, Luke doesn't really have email. He doesn't check his APM email, I don't think, unless it's, like, mandatory. It's just sort of frustrating because it's, this show is all about, you know, curing you know, world loneliness or whatever. And it's like, they're, you can't, they can't be reached out to it. And I understand. I don't want to like spam them or anything, but I don't know. There's a whole segment about emails and females and I, there's no way to access them. Um, I just thought it was really frustrating. Um, but then this was an interesting part of, uh, the topic is they were talking about GoDaddy and Luke always has had a problem with it. And, um, I guess GoDaddy wanted to do uh, like a potential ad buy and Andrew was okay with it and Luke was not. Um, And then we had a throw your phone about this. Hold on. Let me grab that. Uh, This is from Ellen. She said, hugging my phone over Luke talking, taking a principled stance on GoDaddy. He may say some dumb stuff sometimes, but giving up a possible infusion of money is a good indicator of trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I agree. I was actually, it was like roles reversed though. I, yes. I, I don't, I, I thought it was weird, but then I also feel like Andrew maybe is that as aware, even though he has like a, a sh- you know, podcast about commercials. It's like, he was like, Oh, like what's GoDaddy? I mean, like beyond, you know, them as a server, it seemed like he was sort of like, well, whatever it's money. And Luke actually took a stand, which I was impressed and honestly surprised by, um, so, you know, chalk one up for the good guys, I guess. Uh, then they're, you know, going over dazzling donors. And we have to have this conversation again. First and last letter is common for states. And it annoys. Like, Maine flummoxes him every fucking time. It's M-E. It's not that. It's Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not like uh, maybe the first thing. But that it works. And to get over it. We don't have to have a 20 minute digression about this and like go to Wikipedia and talk about why this is. And they all have amnesia about this every single time. Like we always go through this <laughs> and, and then they su- act surprised about Georgia. Oh, but like, <laughs> it, like GE would be weird, but it's GA. And I just, I'm like, Oh my God. It's, it's so weird. Right. Because they didn't develop postal codes at the time they joined the union. So it's not no, like it's Maine not. would have first dibs on anything. And if you go through it, M A taken, M I taken, M N taken, Emmy, you dum dums. If only somebody could do a routine about this. I think there's probably about six minutes and 20 seconds of solid comedy. Oh my gosh. I know. I was like, you know, I love, Again, one of like I have like three party tricks, and one of them is you know naming all the states in alphabetical order and all the capitals and the list of presidents in order. That's like all I can do, really. Um, so I kind of get excited when they talk about states, but then it's just the same dumb conversation over and over again, and it's mm-hmm. like they don't have any awareness of it, even though they're dealing with people all across the country all the time. Anyway, um, all right, this is when we're getting to like sort of a uh, disgusting talk. Andrew Sorry, was sick. I, I'm just trying oh. to imagine you tying cherry stems with your tongue into the shape of all 50 states now. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do that. 
That would be really impressive, though. Right? Well, um, you know, when I think of party tricks, that's the first one that comes to mind. I have pulled out the party trick of, like, the president's in order, and people are like, I think they're going to be so impressed by my skills, and they're like, oh. And then they move on. <laughs> and and how many drinks in were you when you made this decision to pull out this party I trick? I mean, it's happened on, it's happened on, oh, God. Two. That two is my magic. I think I'm smart number. Like, I like, listen to the check me out, guys. Go, go away, Hillary. Um, uh, okay, so now <laughs> we're moving on to Andrew's gross story that I forgot they, they promoted, they kind of for promoted the on Monday, and now here it is, and it's. It's pretty gross. Um, Andrew was sort of sick. He made some orange juice. And then we had to talk about juicing, whatever, at what's healthier. Okay. Uh, He got OJ's stuff in the drain. He doesn't have an insincorator. Like, he doesn't have a uh, disposal. Um, And he, like, kind of stuck his hand down. There was, like, a lot of nasty shit in there. And then Andrew, like, really just went after it. And, you know, the thing is, is it's probably a lot of, like, gunk (laughs) that's from other people living there, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's an apartment. And he was just kind of describing it. And I understand, in a way, the satisfaction of getting it all out. But the way that he was describing it was making me gag. Like, I was like, it's one of those, like, I can I can do something like if I have a zit, I can mess around my own face, but somebody else's makes me like mm-hmm. want to throw. Like I can't. I, I'm not into like watching Doctor Pimple Popper or whatever that like just grosses me out so much. And this is kind of the same thing. Like other people talking about the nasty sludge in their uh, drain. I was like, <laughs> I mean, um, what it turned out was that his sink was about to have a heart attack, right? Because the artery yes, was yeah. almost completely clogged. See exactly. there, I it's said it's not gross. Yes. In your in yep. your analogy, Andrew is a heart surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he wishes. Um, anyway, it seems like just it was disgusting and satisfying, and Genevieve was not interested in trying. Like, I don't think she was that impressed. She was like, "Oh, cool, okay." Like moving on. Um, <laughs> see, the, the thing is, though, this is why I like sort of miss renting because fuck that I wouldn't do that I would call somebody in to come do that because Mm I uh don't have to pay I mean I guess Andrew enjoys it which is he almost should buy a house because I want somebody else to come fix something if I'm not paying for my house I'm not paying a mortgage then somebody else has to come do that that's the whole benefit of having an apartment I will say you you make compromises when you have a mediocre landlord though like (laughs) I'm recording from the office today and our landlord for this building is awful but the rent is a steal for where we are and that's why half the floor is empty that's also why the christian bible fellowship is apparently holding church (laughs) right now in the next room over and i'm hearing keyboard and singing coming through the wall uh you know these are the trade-offs you make like they're in the roosevelt neighborhood of seattle washington and they have an apartment that they like and it's I actually have some respect for reaching the point where you just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it because in the grand scheme of things, this is just the choice you make when you take that kind of apartment. True. I guess. Yeah. That's why I always lived in like corporate apartments because I was like, fuck it, you're coming to fix this. Right. There's a super who lives in the building. That's a different situation. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. Then 
in other household news, Luke Stryer is smelling funky. I, I wrote spelling funky. That's funny. Um, <laughs> that would be really... It's like Colby Five. Um, Luke's... <laughs> Um, he tried to fix the parts, got a new dryer. It still smells funky. Maybe the water. I mean, I guess we haven't fully decided on it, but, uh, you know, later on in the week, I think we get some more hints as to what it might be. Um, maybe though, I, you know, un like smells in your house that you can't quite locate are the most frustrating smells. Cause you're just like, am I a gross person? What's going on? <laughs> Uh, we had in my apartment, we had, um, a vent kind of in the living room. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but it always smelled like a fart coming out of there. It was a great apartment beyond that. Like Dave and I, one time were kind of waxing. Oh, that was such a good apartment. And then he was like, Oh, but wait, remember half the time it smelled like a fart. And I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And we would try to get the guy to come fix it because, you know, we lived in an apartment and it was a corporate apartment and, they just like almost could never figure it out. Like they thought it was stagnant water. Maybe it was the people above us. Blah, blah, blah. And we just could never figure it out. And it was so annoying. And it was embarrassing because we'd have people over and it's like, I promised <laughs> we're not just sitting here like just farting all the time. Um, anyway, so yeah, it is super duper frustrating. Um, all right. Luke's starting to watch Frontline a lot, learning about the Middle East. And they talk about docu- documentaries and why Frontline is so good. Luke is in a self-educational mood, um, and we have a throw your phone for this. Um, hey, guys, this is from listener Eric. Hey, guys, I had to laugh when Luke said on Tuesday he's not a guy who acts like an expert on a topic by reading one book about it. We all know that he reaches expert status after reading a few chapters of that book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this warmed my heart on our polar vortex induced negative 20 degree day. Stay warm, Eric from Minneapolis. Uh, it's so true. I mean, I'm glad he's making like becoming aware that maybe he shouldn't act like an expert yet. He wants to so badly, mm-hmm. so badly. I mean, frontline is great and it does make you feel very smart, but, uh, yeah, pump the brakes a little bit. Um, Luke's going to be on the Chuck a nut, Ra- Chuck a nut radio hour. Uh, he has to perform a sketch as Laird Jackson <laughs> and he thinks that whoever wrote it did some research. And I said, are they a 10? Cause the way that they were talking about it, it seemed very things that we make fun of Luke mm-hmm. for, you know, just his mm-hmm. kind of, that I don't think he necessarily shows all the time on like a live wire or wait, wait, don't tell me. I mean, maybe they're an uh, LRB listener. <gasps> Shout out. Come on. Who is <laughs> it? Their lead writer is actually Stabmaster Arson. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my gosh. Um, so I, I don't know when it's going to air. I know we recorded it, to, I, but I didn't check in to see when actually if it it was if there was some lead time. Um, Dave and Stanwood said he was. I guess he was looking at the best podcast, or he had had a class or something about the best co- podcast for teens. Uh, and TBTL was on there, but then they, like the way that they described TBTL, first of all, it really just sounded like some radio promo from, uh, Cairo. Like it didn't really sound like, uh, I understand why he thinks it's a bot, but it doesn't sound like a bot. It seems like they found something old. Like it was just an old style thing. I don't know. Did um, they talk about this on the show before? Cause I know that I've seen that. Maybe it just came up on the Stens page. 
because I went to that website and I looked at it and it's just utter and complete nonsense. None of the podcasts that they list would be interesting to teens in any specific way. <laughs> Anytime I try to like explain what TBTL is to like a millennial, they're like falling asleep as I'm describing it. They're like, what? what is this about? So I'm not sure that teens would be really interested. Oh, um, yeah, that's it's. I mean, I guess cool. It's good to be on a listicle somewhere, but um, it it just just seemed kind of like random and arbitrary. Uh, then they just go out with some like quirky St. Clair outtakes. I mean, I love, I love waiting for Guffman. Obviously, like I I love imitating Libby. Like that's my favorite. Like get a coke if you're thirsty. But uh, there's a reason why this song was not in the show. It's kind of like listening to this, like being a member of Slate. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Slate the, Plus. Yeah, where you're like, why am I listening to the shitty parts of the show? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to <laughs> listen to this. That's kind of what I felt about the Raging River song. Um, and then Cheryl and Corvallis um, talks emails about the Valentins. Uh, the email address is tbtlvalentins at gmail.com. Send your name and address. And that is very cute mm-hmm. and organized. I'm impressed. I haven't done my kids' Valentines at all yet, and I'm supposed to. You got but- time. Whatever, off to like HEB we go. I'm not a crafty mom. It's going to be like, okay, let's sign their names. That's it. <laughs> we done. Really? You're not just like, here's a pack of doilies and some markers. Make it worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not even that. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's Tuesday. All right. Uh, on to one. But before Wednesday, 28, 26, I'll just say, uh, I googled Laird Jackson, and he is an OBGYN in Philly. So, <laughs> hey, what if it's Luke's half brother? Whoa! <laughs> it's going to be uh, some unfortunate Google results for that guy after this comes out. <laughs> All right, uh, Wednesday, twenty twenty six, Dance of the Jabbermouth. Uh, they open with uh, the jazz. Plus jazz <laughs> equals jazz <laughs> bit from Parks and Rec. Uh, and, and I, just, I mentioned that because this is really funny. We On the last Friday show a couple of weeks ago, Christy made a joke making fun of me for just now getting to Parks and Rec. And it turns out Christy didn't actually know that I'm currently marathoning Parks and Rec. She used that as just a generic example of a great show that I would be several years behind on. <laughs> Perfect. And sure enough, I am in season five of Parks and Rec right now. So, so good. So good. <laughs> so good. I was listening to uh, Fresh Air the other day, and it was like, Kevin Whitehead's going to be reviewing the latest, like, you know, Thelonious Monk, uh, like, <laughs> whatever, greatest hits. How many jazz bands are there? Like, why is, why is it a rotating bit? Like, why is it <laughs> weekly? I don't understand. Anyway, sorry. There is lots of great jazz in the world. There's just sure. a lot. There's just a lot more bad jazz in the world. It's it's the same <laughs> as everything. There's so much TV in the world, and then yeah. there's some that's good, and then there's a lot that's bad. There's just a lot of bad jazz in the world. <laughs> uh, they talk about the kid in Minnesota who was out in his shorts in the cold snap and <laughs> didn't want his name used in the article because he didn't want to get in trouble with his mom. <laughs> that picture was taken less than a block from my office. I was gonna ask. Oh my God. Yep. It yeah, always reminds you see me of those kids around campus a lot. 
uh, oh in, in Rochester and Buffalo, it's always the mailmen who see who can go latest into ah. the year <sighs> yep. without putting the you know switching into the pants. And I say mailmen because I've never seen a female letter carrier buy into this. <laughs> I did one time at the Five Guys on campus. I saw this <laughs> student who was wearing shorts, uh, snow boots, a plaid bathrobe, and one of those hats with the flaps on it. <laughs> So that's really the look God. that they're rocking around there. Yeah. I thought that when you wear your bathrobe out to get food, it's just to steal candy bars when you're with Bill Radke. <laughs> <laughs> that's only in Washington State. Uh, then the guys get talking about Big Catheter, which I mentioned because I really, really liked the the running jokes about whether it's like Big Tobacco or whether the catheters are just extra large. Uh my groin also started to hurt while they were discussing <laughs> oh, this. I don't um, remember anything about this. They talked about catheters? I mean, I just, was sick by this time, so. Just briefly, I didn't write down the context. I think that was probably uh, related to the kinds of TV commercials that are on during, you know, certain times of day and night. Uh, and, you know, you get your Wilford Brimley or your Alex Trebek out there mm-hmm. hawking for big catheter. Yeah. Uh, then the guys talk about how they never did their goals oh for their god. thrive from Fort last Oh my year. god! And now they're required to check in on their goal progress, but they don't have any because they didn't set any goals. They need oh a real boss. Seriously, somebody that'll like just make, it takes no time. I have written goals many, 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 many times, and it takes. If I'm being serious about it, it takes maybe 30 minutes. If I'm being not serious about it, it takes five minutes. Five. That's right. It's all bullshit. Everybody knows that it's bullshit. Your boss knows that you don't want to do it. Your boss doesn't want to do it, but you have to do it in corporate life. It's just one of those things. Hillary, what are you going to do for the rest of the year? Because your goal for 2019 was to get paid, and you already did it. (laughs) Get paid! I got paid! Uh, I know, and I... Well, I already filled out my goals. It's such a wonky... Like, and it's in... My review is in March. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm goalless and fancy-free right now. (laughs) Uh, Luke did the Checking Out Radio Hour, uh, and everything he said about it was just a repeat of what he said on the previous Mm -hmm. day's show. So... Uh, no need to recant that, recant that, recount that. There we go. Sorry, I was trying to write down goalness and fancy free as a possible show title and it distracted me. <laughs> uh, I also have a pocket of self-awareness noted so far as a show title. So we'll see where the rest of the week takes us. <laughs> uh, we talked to Stu from internet from Minnesota talking about going outside in this ridiculous Minnesota cold that you're all experiencing and the dog whimpering and, uh, doing its dog business standing. You know, of all the disgusting things we talk about on this show, I just could not bring myself into typing pooped standing into our run sheet. <laughs> uh, and then Luke uh, sort of waxes on getting snowed in and, in his words, ham-boned. Sure. Uh, and, you know, there. yeah, certainly, that's absolutely uh, staving off cabin fever with liquor is a, tire- a tale as old as time, but once again... <laughs> It's something that Luke has given up. So, uh, you know, really, Carrie is the one who must be suffering now because if oh they get gosh. snowed in, which they won't where they are, but if they got snowed in, 
Uh, she'd either have to make the conscious choice to drink and have a designated non-drinker in the house, which is terrible, uh, or to also not drink, which is not fair. Mm-hmm. This is not to put you know negative pressure on Luke for making a healthy life decision, but it's unfortunate for Carrie. Because if I was stuck in a house with Luke Snowden for several days, I would be drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piper still has dance practice, despite the whole world being shut down. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> Uh, and Mandy jumps on the line to justify this and explain it. Uh, Mandy was great. Let's have yeah, Mandy on more. I know she has a good Twitter presence, too. I can't remember her Twitter handle right now, but if I can find it, maybe I'll put it in the show notes. And we should all go ambush uh, Mandy's Twitter feed. Uh, then we get on to the fact that Richard Dean Anderson went to St. Cloud State for a minute. Passing reference to him again. He keeps coming up on this show, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't alum, Richard Dean Anderson, alum of Anne's High School, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, he was pretty cool in the '80s. He was. Yeah, he dated Katerina. He dated Katerina Vitt. I mean, come on, that's cool. That's true. I mean, I'm not. I I don't mean to disparage him. Everyone wanted to be MacGyver. <laughs> Right, but it is a little odd, uh, his continued presence lately on the show. Right. It's like, I don't know, are they fishing for a guest connection? (laughs) How how many times do we have to put this in the universe before someone who knows someone who knows Richard Dean Anderson says, hey, this podcast is really obsessed with you. You've got some real fans over there. You should go on. Um, Of all the discussion on this episode, I can't actually remember why the reference to Jabbermouthy came up. Uh, great i'm not the only one let's move on the sledgehogs <laughs> the sledgehogs don't have flow jay as jay would say they don't have flow uh and luke is worried that he'll try to take over the sledgehogs he will well or he'll lose interest and just stop going yes yeah yeah, yeah. those are the that, two options yeah that's where i'm leaning i think he's he's already starting to miss practices now or not practices games, games. they don't practice <laughs> yeah i i mean Look, I understand. He was all excited to get back into basketball, organized basketball of, of some sort. Uh, and he got there and he was like, am I good enough? And then he realized pretty quickly that, you know, maybe this is not everything that he hoped it would be. I had the same realization when I went back to choir for the first X number of months or years or whatever. I was like, oh, I'm just so glad to be here. And then as I got more into it, I you know started to notice all the things that were bothersome to me and eventually I made the decision to leave that group but it was five years before I did that I didn't go to two games and then be like hmm this isn't exactly everything I dreamed of I'm out and this is specifically a request for Mike because I know he'll appreciate it um but you said it was bothersome to you could could you just say in the clear it bothers me (laughs) no I cannot I mean, I just think that he should give it a little bit more time before he decides to try and push things and take over. He's only been there twice. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, We get an email from a listener who says that smell in your dryer that you, you dry your unwashed dog fur blankets in is fur from your dog. Uh, (laughs) Shocker. 
Um, <laughs> I didn't get the exact wording, so I just wrote in the notes, smell from the dryer is dog, you idiot. Uh, <laughs> Luke Luke doesn't think that Rudy smells. Um, I love animals. I, I love cats. I, I love dogs. We don't have a dog because I'm not responsible enough for a dog, but we love cats and dogs. Um, dog smell. All dogs smell. All people smell. Yeah. Of course your dog yeah. smells. <laughs> your dog might smell like clean hair fur but it still smells mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh tangent about dryer blow up videos on youtube this is just like the videos of people um power washing things like it's just weirdly therapeutic all right uh and now that we've addressed the dryer smell his washer smells like mcdonald's <laughs> the drain or something that's part of this he didn't say it smelled like sewer gas but i mean could there be something that when the air heats up or the water heats up it just releases some sort of smell that's not there otherwise i don't know just seems like if you've replaced the equipment and you're still getting the smell maybe you should look outside of it is it possible that Carrie has just had to start shoving her leftover fast food down the drain so that Luke will stop beating oh, it out yeah. of the garbage? That's true. Uh, uh, the correct term for those parking spots up front is accessible parking. Yep. Don't use any of the other ones. Accessible parking is the correct term. And Luke declares that he has internalized the they-them pronoun for... Uh, non-gender specific pronoun use good for him yep yeah mike listen up usually that means you don't have to explain it because you've internalized (laughs) it but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) and that's it for wednesday let's go to thursday number 2827 undigested co-conspirator i'd like to say up front (laughs) that this is probably the worst (laughs) recap day since that time that mike fell asleep at the keyboard and he just typed three rows of d's I was so sick when I listened to this episode, but I really wanted to stay on top of my TBTL because you know what happens when you get a few days behind. You're just like, oh my God, I'll never catch up. So I typed these notes out with a sore throat, congestion, alternating fever and chills, itching inside my head, and aching hip joints. So here we go. Um, Luke is completely uninterested in knowing why Andrew went to bed late as, you know, they come in and they say, hi, and how are you? And Andrew's like, I I went to bed. I stayed up really late last night. And Luke's just like, yeah, anyway, and completely (laughs) talks over Andrew for 28 minutes about all the bad food choices he made last night at the basketball game and before the basketball game. And after the basketball game, there's a lot of bad food choices that I didn't write down. Then Andrew talks about euros for a while and has some sort of hissy fit about the tone that the girl took with him on the phone from the gyro place. I knew you would like that, Hillary. And and I fast forwarded through a lot of, of this food talk because I couldn't do it. Um, and when I just, I, uh, do you all realize that the the Greek pita wrap sandwich gyro sounds like the word hero with an H, right? Huh? Yeah, I, I know. Yero 
uh-huh. and hero uh-huh. sound very similar. And for someone like me who loves puns, uh-huh. oh, I'm God. just going to say it's fertile ground. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> um, ready. As I was fast forwarding through, I dropped back in to hear Luke say something about how there were human feces on every surface of the gas station. And I was like, mm, fast forward. <laughs> well, I feel like Luke is a burgeoning, like, has a little bit of OCD, baby. I I just don't really at all. I, I mean, I know that gas stations are disgusting, but I... I just I assume everything is disgusting, so Mm -hmm. it's like I'm sort of like a nihilist about it. Where I'm like, well, whatever. I mean, if I'm gonna get sick, I'm gonna get sick. Like, there's obviously I wash my hands, but there's nothing really else I can do about it. We're all just marinating in a big germ (laughs) stew all the time. (laughs) Um, let's see. I came back in, and Andrew was talking about the B52s that lasted for seven (laughs) minutes that I fast forwarded through. Just listen to Hit Parade about the B-52s. That's all yes. I have to say about it. And then listen That's to the most recent one about Lady Gaga, which was also great. So good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the first interesting content at about 39 minutes into the show came when Luke talked about when he went for a walk at Green Lake yesterday. And he saw a guy who was walking a dog wearing a hot dog costume. He says a hot dog jacket, but I looked at the picture. It's a hot dog costume. And he thought it was so cute that even though he felt kind of awkward approaching the guy, he said, can I take your dog's picture? Because he just knew that Andrew would love the dog wearing the hot dog costume. It's one polite looking dog. Yes. (laughs) Um, Then he went on his way and eventually ran into the hot dog guy again and realized that he was using the dog as what I'm characterizing as lady bait, that he had specifically dressed the dog up and come down here and was just standing around waiting for attractive women to come up and talk to him about his dog. And Luke feels quite used and abused because he he feels like this guy was not using the lake properly. This is not the intended purpose of the lake uh, for standing around and trying to meet women. Um, but my note is actually he was angry because he was duped by this guy. He, yep. he, he fell for it. I mean, the guy was using lady bait, but he caught a Luke, you know? <laughs> um, then he uses the word curated again. Bob, oh, it's getting bad. Um, we got a good throw your phone from Sam. I always love Sam has a very reliable feminist perspective on yes. this stuff that I enjoy. And Sam and I share a love of Real Housewives and how you can simultaneously be hardcore feminist and also love the Real Housewives. So I <laughs> love Sam. She says, as a topic user, former double boat owner, and reformed ironic unicyclist, Luke has neither a leg nor wheel to stand on in throwing shade at the hot dog dog owner. And for a guy who has spent the last few weeks boasting of the woke feminist and gender neutral terms he's used when referring to others, he sure jumped to, quote, macking on chicks, unquote, line without hesitation. I don't know, Sam, can I, is lady bait okay? Because... That's what really speaks to me in this situation. (laughs) Um, I don't know why Luke cares other than, yes, he did feel duped by this guy. Uh, Andrew takes this to the pleasure he gets from looking at Instagram and seeing pictures of dogs wearing socks. And that leads him always to wondering about whether the dogs actually need the socks or not. Uh, 
Luke brings up his intrusive animal empathy, which is a phrase I think I'm going to start to hate as well, <laughs> um, where he says sometimes he'll see horses wearing blankets and he wonders about all the horses not wearing blankets and if they're okay. And then I just wanted to bang my head on the desk. <laughs> they're fine. I love guys. on the they're side. Fine. <laughs> You wrote these dum-dums, and that's the second use of dum-dums in our notes. <laughs> I just I just can't. The horses are fine, Luke. And then they speculate that maybe he doesn't need equine therapy. I mean, when he was first coming down and getting sober, he was so sort of desperate for any branch to grab onto that he was like, oh, equine therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. But now that, you know, he feels like he's doing pretty well, he's like, eh, it's kind of expensive. Do I really need it? Probably APM is not going to pay for it. I don't know. I don't know what to think about any of this horse stuff. Um, Talk about Phil Hendry for a while. I was really going in and out by this time. Yeah. Uh, the top yeah. story is fascinating false facts. Oh, wait, no strange but impossibly true facts from Reader's Digest. And they wonder what the Venn diagram is of NCIS watchers and Reader's <laughs> Digest readers. We Why? all know Any thoughts? We, whose face came up in the middle. <laughs> I don't believe I have ever actually read a Reader's Digest. Well, you are oh. a millennial, so. Right. Yeah, if somebody would just um, uh, post s- square-shaped screen caps of a, an issue of Reader's Digest to Insta, <laughs> then I would be able to read it. Um, they congratulated themselves themselves on Friday for, you know, two days of fantastic content. And I thought this was terrible content. It was essentially they read a list of things from Reader's Digest and called it a show? What? I mean, I earth? vaguely thought the interesting facts were vaguely interesting, but the ones on Friday, I thought, do I have to write all of these down? Because they're all exactly. boring. Yeah. 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 <laughs> do you ever have the opportunity to experience joy through a child's eyes? Because that's how <laughs> I took these interesting facts. Like... <laughs> I don't think they're particularly interesting facts, but I enjoyed their enjoyment of these interesting facts. And so sure. for for that, I was able to embrace this segment. Sure. sure. Well, that's a good way to think about it. So I, <laughs> I wrote down as many of them as I could in my fevered state until I completely lost interest. Um, starting with McDonald's bumblegum broccoli, <laughs> which I realized was supposed to be bubblegum, but I really liked the way that bumblegum <laughs> looked in my notes. Um how there is statistically a greater chance of dying on your birthday. Why is Chicago called the Windy City? This was interesting only because Luke reiterated the story that he tells everyone that he's told many times before on TBTL, and it turns out he's been wrong this whole time. (laughs) Um, How the Library of Congress saved all tweets tweeted until 2017. Blah, blah, blah is how I got after that. Uh, Luke says, boy, can you believe how many people hate Howard Schultz? And we covered that already. They talk about their childhood experiences with Reader's Digest. I can't believe that Andrew didn't bring up reading the Reader's Digest in the shower with his arm held out beyond the curtain, (laughs) since that's classic. 
Um, then I tuned out for a while. I don't actually <laughs> think I fast forwarded to this part. I just think that I stopped registering anything. Um, you hallucinated. I did. They talk about hosting stuff. And Luke doesn't want to look foolish in a situation where he's not in control, which is something that I identify with completely. Um, He flat out admits that he's just torpedoing Andrew's segment at this point by going into talking about himself. Um, They have a live wire coming up in Seattle that he's a little bummed because they don't have any super famous guests on it. He wants to get a really famous guest so that all his friends and family will think he's cool. And this is one of those things, Hillary, that you were talking about where he does seem to have some self-awareness about it, but he can't. He knows his his reasoning behind it. He knows it's silly, but he kind of can't control it. But he knows, he knows, he knows, but it's just sort of a hard behavior to cut. And that's what's really impressive. I I am impressed because I don't think a lot of people have – that amount of self-awareness, especially mm-hmm. in his kind of position. So it was cool. But I also think that he's a good interviewer and can interview somebody who's maybe cool, but not like super duper famous. Right. Right. I think with a show yeah. like Livewire, yeah, it's cool that they have on Salman Rushdie or whatever every once in a while. But I don't think that's why people buy season tickets or anything no, like that no. or really love the show or want to keep going to it. I think it's the show itself and not so much the guests. Um, then there was something about Hitler for a while. <laughs> Hitler's nephew fought for the Allies. Um, and you cannot hum with your nose plugged. And uh, I know we all tried it because I did. Of course. <laughs> of course we all tried it. Of course. It. Of course. Um, we did Blur's Days and I don't remember anything about that except I did have the thought that Luke is too invested in playing all his sound effects from his little sound machine deal during this segment because there's a lot of times when you can tell that he wasn't really paying attention because he was too busy (laughs) searching for the bomb drop or the whistle or whatever the next um, sound effect that he wanted to play was so I I think you should stop that and start paying attention and then they went out with a hot dog lady song and I fast forwarded that too (laughs) and uh, that was Thursday guys (laughs) All right, let's get through Friday so Anne can go like go to sleep and take care of her buddy. Uh, Friday, twenty eight, twenty eight. When life gives you lemmings, uh, they start about talking about eating contests and do you think you could eat fifty eggs? And they Luke thinks it seems easy, but it's probably not. And they talk about what style of egg Luke's like wants scrambled, and Andrew thinks that you should have a variety. And it was the a silly conversation. Although I do think. I'm, sometimes when I'm super hungry, I'm like, I'm making a four egg omelet. This is happening. And it's really big. Like four eggs is a lot of eggs. Uh-huh. It's sort of a surprising amount of food. And you're like, well, I don't know if I should have made four. I think my, you know, eyes are bigger than my stomach. So I doubt seriously that they could do it. Um, I think you got to go fried egg. Don't you? I agree. But yeah. Cause you, yeah, you could get through a fried egg. Cause I actually, if I have a two fried egg, that like meal, you know, two eggs and it's fried. I'm always like, I wish I had more. Like I want one more. I think the the uh, butter and oil will get on top of you with that many fried eggs. I, yeah, I was I, thinking that, but also they would grease things up so it would all just slide down. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> just <laughs> like, like green just eggs like, and ham or something. <laughs> just like Andrew's uh, sink. Ew, drain. Uh, 
you, you took something you, beautiful and made it disgusting. First of all, I love breakfast food. Nothing will ruin that for me. But second of all, you said grease it up and slide it down. That is exactly what happened to Andrew's train. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Can we? I liked um, Andrew's thoughts about mixing and matching. Like, if you're going to do 50, then yeah, give me 10 scrambled, 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did have the brief moment of thinking, I, I want all 50 of them deviled. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I oh, love a deviled yeah. egg and can pop them back in there. Well, I'm not like, sure um, whatever establishment is going to prepare <laughs> deviled eggs. <laughs> Remember, uh, this is classic college, but power hour drinking. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So you just you have to take on the <laughs> eggs in a power hour scenario. <laughs> you have to just yeah, you have to eat one per minute for. Well, if you get through 50 minutes, then I guess you get the last 10 minutes free to think about your life choices. <laughs> to bark. <laughs> the, um, there was a time where Dave and I used to watch Man vs. Food. You know, that show, the oh, yeah. whatever. The, yeah. And what would always seem to get him, whatever, it was a BS show, but what always seemed to get whoever was like the sides. Like you absolutely can't include sides in it because when you have to like eat toast or like, I don't know, potatoes or something then it fucks you up that's the stuff that really like drags you down Mm -hmm. eggs i think it would be hard and you would fully barf but like could probably do it but um uh, it would be tough yeah i don't know bobby i think you may be on to something with deviled eggs because if i think just plain (laughs) hard-boiled eggs 50 hard-boiled eggs no fucking way it's a lot of dry yolk but then you say deviled eggs and i'm like "Mm, maybe i could do that Kathleen, my mother, makes really good deviled eggs. So I'm going to be like, Mom, <laughs> for the next, Mom, for the next LRB uh, get together, <laughs> ship us some some deviled eggs. <laughs> we could have a contest. Um, okay. <laughs> that, that aside, uh, Luke's email is now working. <laughs> okay. So this is like a story that took so many tangents and none of it wrapped up into anything except me being sort of frustrated by them. Um, Luke went to bed super early, but like lied about it because he was embarrassed, even though I'm like, can, can Carrie like tell time? Like, I don't know why you're lying about. She can look at She knows it's not eight o'clock. <laughs> um, Luke got a foot massager for his plantar fasciitis. Again, somebody who was ranting about not buying random shit. Like, oh, right. hello, how many times are you going to use the foot massager? It's going to stay there. Like, and you know. There was a time years ago when he bought a foot massager (laughs) at Bed Bath & Beyond. This was when Jen was still on the show, and he was using it during the show, and it broke, and his feet got stuck in it. Got stuck. That's right. That's right. Oh, I'm sure that's lying around somewhere. Um, (laughs) Then he gets into bed, and he starts to – he feels like this is the time that he's going to deal with the GoDaddy situation. And he called and he said it was maddening because of the language barrier. Um, and then he explains that he pays for TBTL.net for protection, that even though APM has been wonderful, it's sort of, you know, been something that's kind of nice that he has in his back pocket, which actually, you know, when they got fired by my, by Cairo, it was nice that they could. I remember when before he said they were let go, he said, um, oh, you know, come to our website at tbtl.net. And you're like, wait, what? Why are you not going to my Northwest? But so it's always been a good backup plan for him. Um, I I mean, I'm sure he's annoyed by having to pay for it, but I think mm-hmm. it's probably. I mean, I thought the thing. whole 
I thought the whole thing with GoDaddy is ridiculous. And I'm like, why are you not just doing your email through APM? There must be some way to yeah. migrate that now. But actually, yeah. when he said that he just needed that reassurance that he would still basically have his business if anything ever yeah. happened, I was like, okay, yeah. that actually makes a little bit of sense to me. Yeah, exactly. That there, he has to separately. He wants to separately host it. Right. I mean, um, it would work better if he was responsible enough to uh, remember. Well, the- that's the thing. That's the thing. And he acts so like put out by it. And I'm like, well, your credit card doesn't work. Like there, there's a reason. And then it is weird that it reverts back to Andrew. Probably good. But actually when they said, actually it probably would have been better if it, you know, if Andrews had been canceled, cause he would have noticed it far sooner than Luke uh, right. did. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but yeah, and I just, I have a, a list going, you know, if my credit card gets compromised, kind of a running list of things that I need to address pretty quickly, you know, if they mm-hmm. have a rotating charge and you, it's not a ton, but it's something that you're like, Oh yeah, no, I need to remember to do that, that, that. And you just knocked out that list. And Luke is just such a, I love him. He's just so irresponsible in that way. And it's, mm-hmm. I, I think it's sort of frustrating. Um, and then Luke talks about how he only has one job and it's music for your weekend. I talked about this before and he felt bad asking Andrew to, um, to uh, deal with it because he doesn't do anything. Um, the funny thing that I thought that I related to was that Luke was trying to get them to like not charge him and like, Oh, like just I'll pay for it later. Which Spot is so, me. Cause he didn't want to get up. <laughs> he didn't want to get up and go get his wallet. I've fully done that before. Well, you know, guys know when like I'm drinking wine on a Friday recording and I'm like, hey, I'll text Dave and be like, can you bring me some more wine? <laughs> so I would have done that. I am. So, I hate backtracking so much that I would be like, Oh, I don't want to get out of bed. Will you bring it? <laughs> but, um, the, the, the conversation they had that frustrated me is, you know, talking about, like being reached. Um, oh, they had a note that said somebody worked for GoDaddy and they were trying to get in touch with them, I guess on Facebook messenger. And this, instead of being kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, well, maybe that, maybe I should sort of like nominally be on Facebook or whatever. And they got annoyed that they're still on Facebook. Uh, and you know, as evidence because this person tried to contact them and nobody reached back out. Um, and then, they were just frustrated that they're not fully off Facebook. And I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, obviously, and I'm a member of a fair amount of like, you know, Facebook groups, not just the tens, but like, you know, random groups. And it's like the engagement on Facebook is really important to make it popular. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that the hosts are in it all the time, but they do dip into it sometimes and not in an aggressively rude way, (laughs) but like in a, kind of monitoring the situation way and, and fostering this uh, fandom. And I find it really frustrating that both of them have just decided to not do it. Listen, it's a free country. They don't, they don't have to be forced to do it, but they also can't bitch about like why they don't have listeners because they're not just not willing to get in and do it. And I find it super duper frustrating. And I also, I think people should get off Facebook if they want to get off Facebook. That's fine. If you feel bad, if you don't like what they've been doing, I get it totally. Like they are skeezy and you know, that part of the reason why 
Trump as president probably has something to do with them. But you know what? Facebook owns Instagram. So stop talking about how you're going to go off Facebook if you're still on Instagram. I see mm-hmm. both those guys on Instagram all the time. It's the, it's And you know what? The Instagram guy that they left in charge, he left. So Facebook is now in charge of Instagram. So shut up. Like, you're not making a difference because you dropped off Facebook. Like, it's it's the same thing. I don't know. It's I, I find it really frustrating. And I just find their like lack of wanting to engage with the listeners beyond like everything being super positive all the time um, is frustrating. So, sorry, ran over. Um, I, mean, I totally agree with you in that they are essentially yeah. <laughs> a small business owner, you know, owners, yeah. APM notwithstanding. It's yeah. their brand and their creation. They do all the work. And to not be on Facebook just seems ridiculous to me. And to not be yeah. on Facebook because of your own vanity and thin skin, that's just crazy. I I agree. And they could set it up and actually have like a for real, uh, you know, group that also has moderate, you know, that are there's moderators on it that are not necessarily them. But it, it fosters, I don't know, some engagement. There's, you know... A, this one podcast I listen to called Who Weekly, um, they have a huge Facebook presence. And I don't really think the hosts are super duper involved, but they do drop in on time to time. And then they go on tour and they have these huge audiences when they go on tour because they've, you know, engaged beyond just the podcast. Anyway. And so, okay. So, like, if you're not going to be on Facebook, fine. Have fucking email that works that somebody can reach out to you <laughs> as the host of this. Like, so, I don't know, something. I don't know. It's... I find it really, really annoying. And and I think they like APM because APM lets them do whatever they want, obviously. But that means that they have to take control. Like you were saying, they're small business owners. They have to take control of this. Anyway, I guess the rant wasn't over when I said it was over. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was just uh, trying to text uh, text your loving husband to bring you a glass of wine. But then I remembered that he's it's not Sunday here. He's morning. Ta- he's taking care of my children right now. So... <laughs> he's really nice um um okay anyway they move on i guess they they bump back in with some midnight oil uh which i actually like that song but they were talking about how the midnight oil guy is a politician now and andrew wishes older musicians would do stuff like that okay it was sort of all right whatever i mean i guess i don't know why rather than just playing the casino circuit the hits sure i don't know i mean I mean, These guys have maybe, been doing a podcast for 10 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the old musicians are not exactly politician material for the most yes, part. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So then they start talking. I don't remember how they got into this, but they start talking about the Chevy Traverse commercials <laughs> again. And, and no, they've talked about them so much. And I said, they are obsessed with this commercial. And it just is another, uh, you know, uh, after these messages conversation, um, they, Andrew thinks that they're a scourge. They disagree about Thomas Middleditch. It, it, the Middleditch stuff, I, I feel this way. Like I, I said this in the chat, I feel this way as I do about uh, Tim Heidecker. It's like comedians that do nothing for me. I have no connection to them. I don't think that they're that funny. So all these dudes are always talking about him, like that they, they know them. And I don't care either way. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. It's a commercial that I do. It's interesting because most people I know don't really watch commercials that much because they don't have cable. So it's, uh, they talk about it so much and I just don't mm-hmm. think it's like a super relevant thing to talk about. Um, well, I don't know. I've, uh, I, I mean, I don't have cable, but I don't know. I somehow see some, yeah, see them. some stuff 
I don't know. I don't even watch live sporting events. I don't know. I'm just watching my local news. Um, (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I do think I don't like Thomas Middleditch in those commercials. I think they're pretty bad. But I'm very conflicted because he was one of the early guests on My Dad Wrote a Porno. And he was so funny and so charming that I'm willing to give him a lot of leeway on that. But I don't think those commercials do him any favors. No. But you know what doesn't matter is they get paid so much. So guess mm-hmm. what? Who cares? Like yep. they get the, that pays him probably more than anything has ever paid him. Um, so who cares? Um, there's a throw your phone that I actually like made me laugh out loud. Um, it is. Wait, where is it? Oh, um, uh, from listener Heather, she said, Luke is dead wrong. Families do talk about the Chevy Traverse at family <laughs> gatherings. Both of my si- two sisters have one. Never have I wished wish more Luke was right. And I thought, that- I just like imagining like a family get together and they're just like training back about their Traverse. I weirdly have a thing. This is personal for me. I don't know why. I don't like Chevys that much. I've really like never driven one, but I like... I in the battle between a Chevy and a Ford, I'm more of a Ford gal, but I don't know. Changed my mind, I guess. <laughs> I never thought you would be part of the Calvin peeing crowd, Hillary. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I was trying to remember his name. <laughs> Apparently, I'm peeing all over Chevys. Oh God. Um, okay, so. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Luke, this the the like weirdest part is Luke casually mentions like that he thinks that he looks like the Sprint slash former Verizon guy, um, and that Luke used to wear glasses when he didn't need them, and it was basically a stop the show. Like, wait, what? <laughs> you used to wear glasses when you didn't need them? Okay, and Luke said he wanted all of the like ugly person accoutrement and not saying that people who wear glasses are ugly just like the uh you. you know cliche i have glasses um that he wanted headgear absolutely not headgear was a nightmare i had headgear no you don't want them um well, but then they get back, into talking let's back up here for yeah. a minute and take a quick poll do we think luke looks like the sprint guy no i don't no not at all I mean, I only know. in a generic white dude kind of way. White but like, guy, dark hair, medium average just build. Sort of the right shape of face, but I would never look never. at the Sprint guy, Paul, is that his name, and be like, oh, he looks yeah, like Luke. So. Never. I also don't think of Luke as being a very dark haired person, and maybe mm-hmm. it's because he's kind of going gray, but he's always been like a sandy, like a mousy, sandy light brown to me like so that guy has dark hair mm-hmm. uh, i i i guess build wise but yeah i just saw a little clip from the um the waffle house um thing on uh cbs Sunday morning and you know they don't look anything alike and also luke is really tall like he's a tall thinner guy i don't think of paul as being super tall anyway i don't think they look alike um, then it gets them talking about the Molson commercial that Luke was in and that Luke wore glasses. Uh, Andrew said he's been trying to find it and he could never find it. And now Luke's like, oh yeah, I have it. Have we talked? I mean, I know we've talked about the Molson commercial before, but yes. have we played it? I don't, yeah, I have yeah, never watched I've seen it. it. I've seen it. I had never watched it. They're good. But I did watch like twice a year. Yeah. This no, I know. But I, I have never watched it, and I finally just, like, watched it. And it is the whitest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, maybe because it's Canadian. 
but the music and like them going camping and Up to and just like having a good Rover. time. <laughs> yes, they're having a good time, but it's like casual, you know, nothing too organized. Oh my god! I mean, it was not about the music was good. It was very early two thousands. It mm-hmm. seems like you know they could have been playing like any Canadian, whatever, bare naked ladies or something. Like it just seemed very. Canadianly white, a very sweet commercial. Um, anyway, they talk again about the Chevy Traverse, and I'm like, God, guys, move on. Nobody, like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's a dumb commercial. Uh, then they talk about the Stella Artois commercial with um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Jeff Bridges. And I only mentioned this to say, like, Jeff said, Jeff, they said, Andrew, my friend Jeff. Luke said, my Jeff's Andrew or Luke said Jeff doesn't need the money for sure, and I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that Sarah Jessica Parker is far richer than Jeff Bridges, and Luke has always been dismissive of Sex and the City, so it like annoyed me. It was just like a like a little dig, and I guarantee you she's worth. You know, Jeff Bridges' father was an actor, but I guarantee you Sarah Jessica Parker is worth double what Jeff Bridges is worth. Oh, I don't know the why. royalties anyway, from all the. Sex and she City has a shoe line. She has yeah. like, yeah, she has, shut up. Just because you like like his stoner attitude does not mean that he's more successful. Anyway. Um, and then Luke is not I, watching I'm the gonna, Super Bowl. Uh, I'm what? just, oh, I have to interject because I'm looking this up now. Again. Uh, <clears throat> Jeff Bridges, net worth $70 million. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh this one's interesting because the, the the SJP one comes up as Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. Oh, um, oh. oh okay, they're side by side, so that's fine. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, one hundred million dollars. Uh-huh. All right, well, not double, but yeah, a but lot she's more. a woman, so she didn't get paid her value. <laughs> right, if she yeah, had been exactly. paid appropriately, then she might be. Uh, Matthew Broderick, <laughs> by the way, forty forty five million dollars. So giving them a combined net worth wow. of one hundred and thirty five million dollars. That's surprising to me, but well, there you anyway. go. I mean, what's yours is mine, right? That's double. Exactly. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Fuck off. Um, okay, Luke is not <laughs> into what <laughs> into watching the Super Bowl, um, except watching Brady lose. Shut up. Um, I also just found an article that said, and this is a lot of why. Well, I'm a Pats fan, but this is why I think everybody should root. Everybody who's older should root for the Patriots said, yes, I'm rooting for Brady Sunday because he's old. So I just want to see an old person do well. Somebody who's older than I am. Um, anyway, you I could you also you, you could also inject yourself with stem cells before every recording <laughs> okay. and sleep in a hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> I'm going to start doing it, really maximize my podcasting. Um, all right. This is part two of the Reader's Digest stories. These are the, what are they called? The fascinating false facts. I was unlike you, Anne. I really liked it. I was like, I'm just not going to write down all of these. I think I I wrote down Paul Revere did not say the British are coming. I feel like we all know that. This is the funniest part is that. It, it says the Sahara is not the largest desert. And Luke's like, well, what is? And he said, Antarctica. And Luke is like irritated <laughs> more than I've heard him be in a really long time. Luke's like, that's BS. And so then we have uh, uh, two throw your phones for this. Um, 
Uh, Justina said, sigh, science man. It gets me every time. For the record. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's another. <laughs> that's another one. This is Justina from before. Justina almost made it through the week without throwing my phone. And then Luke has to go and opine about how a desert is defined. Thanks. Didn't know about your secret geology exper- expertise. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Tyler says, I am standing at the sink doing dishes as I listen to Friday's show, and I'm going to have to throw my phone down the garbage disposal if Luke keeps disagreeing with all the fascinating facts from Reader's Digest regarding Antarctica isn't really a desert. I choose to define deserts by heat. (laughs) Luke Burbank. (laughs) And, you know, I think think Christy maybe put it best is like this is a... uh, this is a Jesus Creek situation. <laughs> this is a homeschooling Jesus Creek situation. It, it, I mean, yeah, his, ins- I know- his insistence that deserts must be hot after Andrew has clearly given the definition from the American Geological <laughs> Society or whatever it was. And I love that he's like, but there's moisture there. And he's like, it's <laughs> not really the definition, though. Oh, my God. I'm going to isolate uh, Hillary just bursting out. There's moisture there. <laughs> oh, God. I'll play it for Dave. Um, no. Um, <laughs> I can't edit that cough out because it's too good. It's in the middle of all the laughter. <laughs> it's like a barf cough. <laughs> um <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Um, all right, then whatever. They just go through <laughs> some other ones about Pez and, and lemmings don't kill themselves. Um, and then they talk about how there's not really mosquitoes in the Pacific Northwest. And I'm extremely jealous because there are a lot of mosquitoes here. Oh, and this God. is uh, a. Do y'all have mosquitoes up there? Oh, and? they're huge. Oh, yeah. They're really? awful. And I'm like Genevieve. I attract mosquitoes because I am very, very juicy and delicious. <laughs> Another isolation. <laughs> yeah, things are really um, getting off the rails here. <laughs> I um, I'm pretty. They are attracted to me. They love Rory. At one time, one bit Rory like on his eyelid, and it looked like I had punched Aww. him in the eye because it just like shut his whole. <laughs> he couldn't open his eye. It was very sad. Yeah, and and then when they do bite me, like it, they swell up huge. They're yeah. just huge yeah. mosquito bites. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, they're disgusting. I hate them. In fact, uh, I they start talking about DEET, uh, and I basically poison my children. I know, like, all these hippy-dippy people are like, no, like, rub, whatever. I, I don't Lemons on them. I don't know, whatever. And I'm like, is it 20% DEET? Okay, like, let's, like, spray it all on you. It's either between, like, Zika or poisoning my children, so I choose poison. Um, but then we have, do have a throw your phone, another one from Justina that I, was about to read, but uh, Justina said, sigh, science, man. It gets me every time. For the record, DDT and DEET, not the same thing. This is your public service announcement. <laughs> he does use them. what killed energy. the condors, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I just always think of the, like, Joni Mitchell song, because I think she talks about DDT in it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, DEET is... Probably not great, but is good. DDT, I don't think, is currently in use, although correct me. Um, Anyway, then they talk about how your parents cut stuff out from the newspaper to send to kids, and they sort of understand it. My parents don't do that, but my mother does cut out obituaries that she really enjoys. (laughs) (laughs) And she kind of, like, keeps them, and when I go to Dallas, she'll show, like, read this one. 
Um, they're usually pretty good and entertaining, but yeah, that she definitely does that. Uh, so that's uh, basically Friday. Uh, music for your weekend, though. Holy Andrew shit! Pl- plays this song now. To be fair, I I do speed up the podcast. Um, I had to slow it down to like understand what was happening, and then I quickly sped it back up. Andrew plays John Mouse touchdown, and then we start going on a deep dive about this, and it was. Weird. It was just weird, and I didn't like it. And it made me have bad feelings. I did not like that song. Um, then th- I remember looking when they said, "Oh, it's music for your weekend time," and I looked, and there was like twenty eight minutes left. I'm like, "What uh-huh. is going on? What's happening?" Um, and I thought maybe it was dead air or something. But then they go on a deep dive. Luke doesn't know how to make the sound on his Instagram come on, and he I like want to call him i would try to contact him but i don't think i can but when you're looking at stories you have to switch your volume on like you can't tap it you have to switch it on which i always have you know my ringer off just fyi that's how it happens um then luke talks about how wait, it wait, lines wait, wait, his... wait a minute you're saying if Stop. you want to get sound on your <laughs> you have to turn stories, the sound you have to turn the sound on Yes, but see, but see, conversely, or just like, I don't know, this is, if you're just watching like, not a story, but if you're watching a video on Instagram that somebody posted in their post, you can just hit the picture and then the volume will come up. But if you're watching stories, you have to turn the volume on. So it's too complicated for me. That's why I know sometimes I'll just watch it silently. It's like, it is like a silent movie because I'm too lazy to switch switch it on. It seems too annoying to me. Uh, Luke talks about how he had lines in his eyebrows at some point. Uh, And then they talk, they talk about. Don't take your fashion cues from vanilla ice. (laughs) No, never, never. They talk about Peter Williams. He has to come on. I mean, I can't believe mm-hmm. Luke is like, yeah, he should probably come on. I'm like, probably. This is well, I mean, way past overdue. He needs to come on. Unless he doesn't want to. But um, then Luke does his song. It's part-time, Honey Lips. Another song that I thought was odd. Cool. It was not just not for me. I was Maybe like, I was what seeing... is happening? What was that weird voice? Yeah. Yeah. It was It was really weird. Uh and I get what Luke was saying. If it came out in the 70s or whatever, he probably wouldn't like it. But now he likes it. But I still just didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it either way. Um, and then they half mentioned if uh, Stu's furnace broke. And that, if so, that sucks. Uh, I can't imagine. One time my air conditioner broke in July and that really sucked. It was really expensive. Um, anyway. Thoughts to you, Stu. And then listener Gail played uh, Sharon Jones, the Dap Kings, Inspiration Information, and that was actually a great song. So uh, I really you, enjoyed it. And that was, yeah, seriously, it was like a palate cleanser. Uh, that was Friday. Uh, I'm just looking at the time and thinking about how we <laughs> talked about keeping this one short. And it's <laughs> not. It's under two hours. <clears throat> Poor Anne. Housekeeping. <laughs> Buy stuff from us at littleredbandwagon.com. Archive with us by emailing Christy or reaching out to us for more information. Uh, there are at least a few weeks left that Anne hasn't done, so it would be great if you could give us a hand. <laughs> Buy things on Amazon by going to littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. This is not an endorsement of a presidential candidate. It is simply. Uh, oh, right. Now Bezos is running for president. He's just taking over the world financially. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, not running yet. Yet. And nope. texting women really weird 
text. Ugh. Yeah. Why do they always end up being weird? They're, why is there no normal billionaires in this world? They're all strange. Well, I don't know. Warren Buffett's like an adorable grandpa. Like he just wants to go get a fast food burger with you and and then like make a charitable donation yeah, somewhere. But you know, I get confused between the the difference between Warren Buffett and Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Uh, the difference is that Jimmy Buffett can't find his salt shaker and Warren Buffett can just buy a salt mine. <laughs> uh, earbuds and earworms this week is uh, songs that make you want to dance. Boogie woogie. So All right. Right. get ready to cut a rug with earbuds and earworms. Um, all right, get involved. LittleRedBandwagon.com. ThrowYourPhone.com, which honestly y'all been using. It was so many this week, uh, but they were all great. Uh, join us on Facebook. We are still on Facebook. We're still there. Um, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com. The voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Facts, Bobby, your butt at 617-354-8513. And with that, Anne, go to bed. Get us out of here. Um, until next time, this <laughs> is the next party. Uh, we love you, Jen. And uh, I just, I'll say one more time. Uh, I'm not a racist. <laughs> I saw your yearbook photo. <laughs> Nailed it. It's not blackface, they're just black heads. Needed someone to understand my ups and downs. There you were. With sweet love and devotion. Deeply touching my emotion. I want to stop. Thank you, baby. Yes, I do. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Feel so fine. How sweet it is to be loved by you. I close my eyes at night. Thank you, baby. Oh, yes. How sweet it is to be loved by you. It's just like sugar sometimes. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Oh, yeah.
Thank you, baby. have to sing that at camp we sang jimmy buffett at my first camp all the time those were like our camp songs i know all the words to Jesus. cheeseburger in paradise i don't even know the tune <laughs> cheeseburger and paradise paradise i'm so glad we're still rolling right <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, I'm stopping okay. now.